0: Or click the support us link in the show notes for this episode. To a podcast from the Cinema Geekly Podcast Network, we're the geeks you deserve and the ones you need right now. That you mentioned some teams, you didn't mention the Young Bucks. They're what to me what tag team wrestling's all about. <laughs> of I'm course right. they are. Yeah, man. They, of course, of course, they, the, of course the, you would say that. The dream match everybody's been waiting for. It's not a dream match to Cash and myself. It's not a dream match for us. Uh, we've had to sit back and and uh, watch these guys get awarded with uh, tag team of the decade. We've got to sit back and listen to Dave Meltzer sing their praises and say they're the next Midnight Express. Tony, do you think that makes us happy? Do you think we enjoy hearing that? I'm oh, sure, yeah. I, I'm don't, sure. I don't want to come in here and I don't, I don't want to have the best tag team wrestling match in history with them. I want to punch them in the mouth. Wow. That's what I want to do. i want yeah. to beat them in three
1: seconds. All right.
0: It's a brand new episode of the Elita Cinema Geeklies AEW podcast. It is Anthony Lewis along with Nick Montez, and we are back to talk more AEW dynamite on TNT. It is episode thirty-five for them. Uh, Nick, I am making an executive decision for the podcast, uh, and that is going forward until AEW is back in arenas with fans. Uh, I will. That's when I will go back to watching Dark. Uh, I've not watched Dark in months, and we're really not covering it if all I'm doing is saying here's what was on Dark this week. Uh, Anybody can go find that information, so we're not really covering it. So no AEW Dark talk. So we're just going to talk about Dynamite straight up, and uh, this show was largely buoyed by some promos, but there were some good matches on the show, I thought, and... Mm -hmm it opened with a a black lives matter video, which I thought was very impressive. I don't think WWE would do something like this and it was very straightforward and very much to the point and literally included the words black lives matter in it, which is not something I imagine WWE would actually do. It was not something they put in their own corporate statement that they put out. Um, so I thought that was very nice. Um, The announcers, uh, well, we get a recap of last week, and then the announcers run down the events for tonight. And the opener is the Super Bad Death Squad, Kip Sabian and Jimmy Havoc against Hangman Page and Kenny Omega, Uh, Omega and Page putting up the AEW Tag Team Championships in this match. Uh, The heels are surprisingly in control over Omega early on and for like a good portion of the beginning part of the match. But after he gets a tag out to Page... Uh, the baby faces managed to take control. The match was pretty methodical. I thought early on, like it was not crazy. Uh, it was a pretty standard tag match for a good portion of it. Penelope Ford tries to interfere, tries to do this hurricane Rana to page and page just catches her. And he's the ref sees. And he's like, what do I do with her? And he's like, put her down. And he's like, okay, (laughs) he just put her down. Uh, but then Rick Knox tosses Penelope Ford after her interference. Um, but during all of this Jimmy Havoc grabs a ring wrench and hits Page and Omega from behind very dastardly from Jimmy Havoc <laughs> yes uh, so Page gets worked over for a while makes the hot tag to Omega he runs wild tag team combos from Page and Omega but they get cut off by Kipsabian. Sabian uh, Jimmy Havoc hits this kinda like this leg captured DDT that Excalibur says is called Sing the Sorrow, which, if I'm not mistaken, is an AFI song. uh, Or an AFI album. I don't remember, but either way... It is an album. Yes. Uh, He goes for the pin, but it is broken up by Paige. Poison Rana on Sabian onto Omega. Omega manages to somehow fight off both men, and they hit the Drunken Trigger for the win, which Excalibur is dubbed whatever it was, The Last Call or something. Uh, But... Let's be honest, Drunken Trigger is the better name for this move. And uh, the champions win. What did you think of the opener?
1: I I agree with you with the methodical pace, and I think that's... I was having a hard time kind of putting my thoughts into this match, or I guess trying to verbalize them, because I think I expected more craziness and more high spots and stuff, just because we have Omega and Page in there, and... It kind of under delivered for me. It wasn't a bad match by any means. Like, it was excellent tag team action. And I love some of the stuff they were doing out here, like focusing on the best friends in the crowd as like becoming challengers and like flushes out the division. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, I I thought the action was solid. It was good, but just it was a little bit less than what I was expecting. Um, I gave this one just three stars straight up, but I thought. Good match, just not what I was expecting.
0: Yeah, I agree with you 100%. Uh, in fact, so much so I have nothing else to add. I gave this match three stars as well and uh, Grapple which I had it up but then when I went back to it decided to reload itself and now I have to scroll through to the episode uh, but the people over at Grapple gave this a 3.26 so a little bit higher than we were but in the ballpark. Uh, We get video of uh, Tully Blanchard. He's pissed off at Sean Spears uh, for just acting like a fool and then gives him a glove, which apparently contains significance, but perhaps just old school enough that I don't understand what this is in reference to. Do you? like a coal miners glove or something like that. No, it I was like, it was like a fingerless glove. I I don't like, is he going to do oh. the heart punch or some shit? Like, I don't know what this, I don't know what this, like Shivani and Jim Ross acted like, this is something we all knew what this was. And I did not get the significance of this. I didn't either. No, I really didn't understand what it's supposed to be. And maybe he's going to use the heart punch as a finisher going forward. Maybe. Um, Up next, we got Brian Cage against Sean Dean. Uh, Cage is now using more suplexes in his squashes. So he Mm -hmm. suplexes the shit out of him, hits the drill claw, and wins. I gave this a 1. What about you? I gave it a 1 also. There's not much to it, but it was an impressive dominant display. Yeah, grapple went 1.31. So, yeah, we're right about in the ballpark. Post-match, Taz is pissed. He thinks that John Moxley took him lightly, that they aren't a joke. This isn't a game. Moxley comes out. He says he was smiling because he's fighting someone like Brian Cage. That makes him happy. This is why he's in the business in the first place for fights like this. But he says don't waste their time trying to intimidate him. Cage is over his head. He's a different breed of shark and he is going to retain the AEW championship. Uh, I like this. It's They're doing the best they can for a match that doesn't have like a very heated backstory. Cage mm-hmm. just won a shot at the title, and uh, they're trying to build it up the best they can. I think they're doing okay.
1: Yeah,
0: they're not doing bad, but
1: that has kind of been the theme for all of this title run, is like we're just fitting
0: things together as we go, whatever we have. Yeah. Uh, then we get the first of actually a couple of weird segments. Uh, Alex Marvez apparently finds Lance Archer beating up a luchador in a construction zone. Uh, After he's done doing this, Archer says one loss doesn't bother him. He's a monster. He's not a spot monkey. And he's going to show everybody what he means when he says everybody dies. (laughs) What a weird little thing that was. Very weird. Yeah. And Jake Roberts was terrified. He couldn't keep this man under control. Uh, then in another weird segment extreme with a Z Hardy Boys Matt Hardy visits Private Party they mark out when he says that they remind him of the boys says that the Private Party is like hey we should team up and call ourselves Hardy Party he's like (laughs) okay Uh, and then walks into the hall and then sees Sammy Guevara to which he says that he has respect for him I thought this was all pretty weird
1: It's almost like BTE is really starting to bleed more into AEW, especially when you have no crowd. Yeah. Uh, I I thought the the Sammy part was funny. We're cool, man. Respect.
0: Yeah, we're cool. Uh, He's like, all right. Uh, Then we got Chris Jericho versus Colt Cabana, which is not a match I would have ever expected to see in my lifetime. But Mm -hmm. here we are. And apparently the setup for this was that during the pull apart with Mike Tyson last week, Chris Jericho blames Colt Cabana for him not being able to get his hands on Mike Tyson. Uh, Jericho is being held back by, like, 30 guys, of which Colt Cabana was one. Uh, And he's decided to single out Colt and blame him for this. And now they are fighting in a match. So uh, Jericho tries to box Cabana, uh, you know, body shots and things like that. Cabana takes him down. Uh, several times, and then out to the floor. Hits this great moon moonsault to the outside onto Jericho and Hager. But Hager eventually interferes, giving Jericho the advantage. That carries us through a break. Coming back from it, Cabana makes a comeback. Uh, Jericho goes for the lion's salt, but it is avoided by Cabana. But Jericho lands on his feet. Cabana knocks him down, and Jericho lands in supine position, waiting, uh, essentially luring or... Uh, trying to bait Cabana into going for the Superman pin, which uh, Cabana falls for. And at the last second, Jericho puts his legs down, captures Cabana's legs, and rolls into the walls of Jericho. I thought that whole sequence was really good. Top-notch. Awesome. I just thought that was amazing. Uh, Cabana manages to escape, hits an avalanche Frankensteiner, gets a two-count. He tries to do his fancy European... Uh, grappling through the legs, his world of sports stuff. Uh, but Jericho has no time for any of that and just smashes him in the face with a Judas and, uh, pins him, gets the win. Uh, what did you think of Jericho and Cabana? I actually think I like this more than the
1: opening match. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, this is kind of a big deal. Like, Colcabana Cabana is like, if you grew up watching, or if you were big on indie wrestling within the last 10, 15 years, Colt yep. is your guy, yep. and you put him up against Jericho, that's a huge deal, and they had a lot of fun together in a really strong match. Like you said, that mm-hmm. sequence was one of the coolest parts of this match. Um I love that Cabana tried to do something fancy and then got caught with the Judas out of nowhere. I thought it was a fitting way to take his loss right there.
0: Yeah. Um, and they renamed the Flying Asshole to the Flying Apple. Oh, yeah. It's actually been that for a while, I think, since his most recent stint in Ring of Honor. I think they've been calling it the Flying Apple uh, to prevent censorship. Yes. Oh, okay.
1: I'd never heard that
0: before. <laughs> like, Yes. It
1: was weird to me to hear that, but. Yes, um, I I like this one a lot. I, I just think there's all that experience in the ring right there. And it shows mm-hmm.
0: um, I gave this one three and a quarter star. Oh, wow. OK, so I like this a little less than the opener, but I think it's only because it was kind of short. Mm-hmm. I was kind of hoping I, I was hoping it could have gone a little longer, but I enjoyed it. Uh, I enjoyed it for what it was. And a few of those moments were really amazing. Like Jericho doing the lion salt and landing on his feet. Like that's really mm-hmm. impressive. I don't think I can't remember the last time I saw him do that. Uh, and that, that whole sequence with Cabana I thought was, was excellent, but due to shortness uh, I went with two and three quarters grapple went 2.77 as well. Um, for that, uh, for that one after Je- after the match, uh, Jericho grabs the mic, says he's ready for Tyson, wants him right now, calls out the baddest man on the planet, to which Orange Cassidy comes out. <laughs> he puts Jericho's hands in his knot pockets. He puts them like in his belt or something, and then yeah. he then just evades them as they go to attack him. And Orange Cassidy uh, has angered them so. I thought that was a little weird, but it was a, it is a setup for a six-man tag next week. Woo! So there is that. Although it doesn't involve Jericho. I think they're making us wait for Jericho and Orange Cassidy. Which, again, <laughs> who would have imagined that happening?
1: I, I wouldn't have. But that's, that's awesome that they're building to it and they yes. know they got something
0: hot with that. Yes. Uh, We get a Britt Baker recovery video, which is hilarious. It's her trying to train while still in her wheelchair. And uh, she's lifting, like, really tiny weights. And uh, really the thing that made this was at the end, uh, all these people are, like, cheering her on to, like, make this climb or something in her wheelchair. And then they cut back, and there's Tony Shavani who's also cheering her on, and that's what really made it at the end. I thought that was that was really funny. Um, and uh, she is sitting in her um, in her role model wheelchair, uh, but she's now sitting in that on top of her Rolls Royce. Yes, uh, which she is sitting on the back of, uh, viewing everything, and that leads us into Big Swall against Nyla Rose. And early on, it's Swole just out wrestling Nyla until she gets cut off on the floor. Swole makes this big comeback. It's a cutter for a two tries to go for dirty dancing, but it is countered directly into a sit out spine buster and Nyla gets the win. Uh, what did you think of Swole and Rose? First of all, I want to say that Swole's power Ranger gear was awesome. Oh yeah. She was in the yellow Ranger
1: gear. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. It was really cool. Um, I think that this is one of the better Nyla Rose matches that we've seen. Mm -hmm. Um, where I'm not really looking for any sort of like foul moves or anything like that. I'm just kind of able to enjoy the match. So I want to give props to Nyla on that one. It was a good back and forth match. Yep. Um, I gave this one, two and a half stars. I just enjoyed it. And I thought it was a good
0: women's match. Not quite exceptional, but good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really like this one too. Uh, I went with two and three quarters again. I thought mm-hmm. swole looked pretty good here. Nyla continues to look good. Uh, yeah, 2.48 from Grapple. So they agreed with you on this one, sir. Cool. Left me out in a cold. How could you, Grapple? Uh, <laughs> so afterwards, uh, Britt just talks shit to Brit, to Big Swole for, like, no reason. She just starts talking shit to her. She's like, back it up. Uh, Rebel, back up the, the car or whatever. She, like, backs it up into the guard railing uh, and is talking shit. And then when Swole grabs a chair, like, she's in a chair on top of a car And she's terrified of this woman. So she's like, drive away. Uh, (laughs) uh, Clearly they're just finding not this. How, how is this for, uh, how is this for drawing a comparison? This is not unlike when stone cold Steve Austin broke his neck and they're just trying to find reasons to keep him on TV every week. Mm -hmm. Uh, Stone cold. Britt Baker is what we've got here. Stunning Britt Baker. (laughs) Indeed. Um, another really short backstage thing with Tony Schiavone or he's with Darby Allen and asks him about Brian cage and this thing with Taz. And if he thinks it has any direct tie to Taz, trying to mentor Darby Allen and all Darby says is that life is a joke, but he will get the last laugh on cage. So there is, they are still building to that match. Mm -hmm. Then Tony Schiavone very quickly, I guess, runs to the next room where he sits down with FTR And he asked them what that stands for. And they said that it stands for whatever they want. Uh, It can mean for the revolution. It can mean follow the rules. Uh, It can mean whatever. And they talk about all of the tag teams that they want to wrestle. They put them over for the most part. Uh, They talk about all these teams. And they don't talk about the Young Bucks. And when Tony brings up the fact that they didn't mention them, they said that everybody talks about the young bucks and ftr like it's a dream match but they don't see it as a dream match at all they hate that the young bucks are given these accolades that they win these tag team of the year awards every year that dave meltzer fawns over them and you know calls them the new this or the new that um you know they uh, they want to punch them in the face and why didn't they attack them last week it's because when they have that match they don't want anybody to be able to make excuses. They don't want to be able to say that they were softened up by Butcher and Blade or that they had a hurt ribs or a hurt back. Uh, when FTR beats them, they want to be able to beat the Young Bucks in their peak physical condition, no excuses. And uh, after the interview concludes, they are confronted by Butcher and Blade, uh, at which point Cash Wheeler tells them that this wasn't personal. They're businessmen. This was just business. But if they want to handle this in the ring, uh, that's where it should be done because that's where they do their business. And uh, they are set. These two teams are set for battle next week. Uh, what did you think of uh, FTR's first promo in AEW? I enjoyed it. I did. You notice at the end there when Tony says, "I
1: always thought FTR stood for fuck, fuck the Revival." Fuck the revival. Yes. <laughs> And they had to censor both fucking and Revival. That's yeah, that hilarious. was that was hilarious. Um, I, I liked it just because it kind of gave us a look into them and gave us a little peek-ski. Not too much information, but yeah. enough to make us excited for these potential matchups when you look at all the possible combinations we can have. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm excited to just see them get in there because their tag team, I think the tag team division is the best thing AEW has going for them. Yeah, um, it's exciting. And I wouldn't have predicted that we'd have a team like Omega and, and the hangman running things right now. So and they're
0: like the best team,
1: like there they're they amazing. And they were just thrown together. Like it's it's yeah. random, but it's awesome. Like, obviously, they have chemistry together because of all the years we've seen them together. But mm-hmm. it's amazing.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it's really ridiculous. I thought this was a great segment as well. Uh, An FTR came off really well. Uh next week they announced that uh, the winner of the main event will be defending the TNT championship against one half of Private Party Mark Quinn. Also Best Friends versus Inner Circle, Santana Ortiz and Jake Hager against uh Chucky T, Trent and Orange Cassidy. Uh Alex Marvez is with Colt Cabana backstage. Colt says that his record is good. Uh you know, his match was impressive but he can't seem to get the big wins in AEW. Uh, he's then approached by Brody Lee, who says that loss is a part of life, and how we deal with it is what's important, and that he can help Colt Cabana. And Colt Cabana seems to suggest that this is not his thing, but he doesn't outright turn them down either. Uh, then we get the main event, Cody defending the TNT Championship against Jungle Boy. And uh, this was a battle. Both of these guys are pretty evenly matched in the early going, but Cody's experience essentially kind of gives him the edge. Uh, He goes for a disaster kick, but misses. And Jungle Boy hits this great outside in DDT onto Cody for a two. Uh, Catches Jungle Boy though and dumps him to the floor. After a break, uh, Jungle Boy just eats this headbutt from Cody that sends him back into the one of the retaining walls there at Daly's Place. And Cody's just like, hey, it worked one time, let's try again. And goes to headbutt Jungle Boy, who moves, and Cody just eats this wall. Just headbutts this wall, and uh, the next time we see Cody, he is bleeding, and his eye is his left eye is covered in blood. He can't see and they get into the ring, and Jungle Boy uh, keeps essentially going after the eye. There is, in fact, a moment where he pins both of Cody's arms down and just starts like hammering. You know, he wants to win this title. He might be, a, he might be a good guy, but he's trying to win this championship. Uh, Cody hits this great stalling superplex for a two. Uh, then they both get on the top rope on the other side, and they both tumble off through a table. And when they get back into the ring, both guys are groggy. Uh, Jungle Boy goes for this O'Connor roll, but gets it two, and then goes to hit Cody. Cody ducks it, hooks him into Crossroads, drills him with it, and pins him to retain the championship. What did you think of the main event?
1: Awesome match. Yep.
0: Um, I really thought early on that Cody was healing it up,
1: especially when a he throws bit. Jungle Boy out into uh, the gun club. Yes. Um, I, I Cody confuses me sometimes because I think he has an identity crisis like yeah. he's so
0: good as a heel but he's like kind of supposed to be a baby face but he walks the line a little bit and I think with somebody like a jungle boy who is such a pure baby face mm-hmm. I think Cody figures his job here is to not only make him look good but to also play subtle heel against him um, because in a match where you don't really know who to root for it it helps if one of them acts a little more dickish than the other and it's not going to be Jungle Boy who, who does that, I don't think, in this match. So, no. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I, I agree with that for sure. And uh, Cody just
1: showing his uh, wrestling chops in here. They took an awesome inside-out sell from that big lariat from Jungle Boy. Yeah. Man, mm-hmm. these these guys are uh, – I'd love to see them go at it again. I gave this one 3.5 I know I said that the other match was my favorite match. This was probably the best in ring. Mm-hmm. I still stand by my statement that I think Cabana and Jericho was the best match of the night. But yeah. um, athletically and in the ring, this was probably match of the night. Uh,
0: this was my match of the night as well. I really enjoyed this. I thought Jungle Boy looked really good in this match. And, uh, you know, Cody did his job. You know, his job was to go in there and win this match. But Jungle Boy had to look good. You had to, like, look at this guy and think, Like he's not there yet, but this guy is going to be something big and Mm -hmm. you can feel it. in those matches, and he just gets better and better every time he's in there. He Uh, does. I think jungle boy is awesome. And uh, he also had like a nice little spat with MJF as well, which was sort of done as like a distraction, you know, until they were like ready to cut back to Cody who was all bloody. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm sure they wanted to make sure he was bleeding properly (laughs) before they went back to him. So he got into like the spat with MJF uh at ringside. So, yeah, that was and that's always good to get MJF riled up.
1: So, <laughs>
0: and to hear Tony Schiavone just get mad. He hates MJF so much. Uh but yeah, I really like this one. I went 3 and a quarter and I thought this was definitely the best match on the show. And Grapple went 3.29. So, yeah, they're right there with me on that one. Oh yeah. I would say good show, right? Yeah. It was a good show. I I don't think it was, like, blow away, but it was not bad in any way. It was a solid show right in the middle. I think it's a three-star show, we could call it. Yeah, I think that would fit into there as well. Uh, They did announce Fighter Fest for, what was it, for July 1st and 8th? Yeah, it's going to be two nights. So uh, that's going to be in a few weeks, and that's going to essentially replace Dynamite for two weeks. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're doing the Fighter Fest event, but it will be on TNT. Uh, it'll be kind of like when they did the bash at the beach thing, I would imagine. Right. Yeah, Uh, definitely. Or it's a little more themed and laid out and stuff. So yeah, that's what we're going to be getting on, uh, on July 1st and 8th. And they've already announced the, uh, the two title matches, Omega and page against best friends for the tag titles. And we also know Moxley against Brian cage for the world championship. Um, I don't think they signed anything else yet, but we still got a few weeks to go. Uh, mm-hmm. before that one one could expect uh, the other titles to be on the line as well so uh, alright uh, that's it for the podcast for this week then head on over to cinemageekly.com to check out the archives of the show and of course you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts Stitcher and Spotify just search for The Elitists hit subscribe and that way you can come back next time to hear Nick and I talk about more AEW Dynamite on TNT Featuring Cody defending the AEW TNT Championship against Mark Quinn.